Welcome back to Never Fade, the NFT podcast. I'm your host, Fax. Thanks for joining us. And as always, I'm joined by Good Month Eats. What's up, Good? Oh, that's Gucci. Who is Gucci, dog? Yo, yo, the space is is kind of getting lit up and wild. Like, I don't know. Is is meme coin season over? We got lawsuits in the pipeline. We got the SEC coming at Binance and now Coinbase. I mean, what's going on? What's your takes on this, Good? Uh, the SEC's Twitter's into memes, like pulling out you know, outrageous quotes from inside lawsuits and putting them on their digital assets and banging it from a government verified Twitter. What is this simulation? Dude, the SEC Twitter account is a meme, bro. Did they pull in like a, like a tweet quote from, from somebody on the Binance team saying some ridiculous statement and that's part of like their like uh that case they're bringing forward or what are we, what are we seeing out here? Yeah, dude. I feel like if, if we put that out for the never fade podcast, if we put a quote out like that, people would be like, ah, oh, you guys are engagement farming. You know what I mean? Like this is the SEC just straight up like engagement farming. Crazy. The SEC is engagement farming. And like what's wild is the way that the crypto markets are responding to this, like obviously like, you know, like Monday, like, SEC takes suit against Binance, like crypto markets bleed. Like Tuesday, they take a suit against Coinbase. Like, you know, the markets kind of react. And then like Tuesday afternoon, it's like, yeah, what else is new? I mean, when I hear about lawsuits, regulatory actions like this, to me, it just sounds like a long time. Like my take on this is that with the presidential election ahead, this kind of like, you know, position of regulating crypto is a very unpopular one. And I don't think anybody is going to necessarily be wanting to like really lean into like regulating while they're trying to campaign. So I kind of had this gut feeling that we're looking at months and months of uh, little to no clarity to continue and like some posturing from the SEC. And really what I think is happening is I think that they're at a position where they're realizing like, they need to get more information. And I think this is all big. It is engagement farming. It's information farming, I think, is what's happening. Is like, let's get into those books. Let's subpoena some records. And let us get our arms around what's happening here. Uh, but they did call out some specific tokens, like Solana is a big one. Matic. I mean, are these tokens securities i mean i i'm not gonna comment on that at all but i think that you know as a sunday i actually thought about texting you on sunday i was like dude i think we we might get a little bit more political than we're wanting to get on the pod going through the summer like that was what i was gonna hit you with on sunday and then you know monday lawsuit tuesday lawsuit um i i think that I think that there are a lot of different things going on right now. We have a political race that's going on. And I know everyone kind of thought the 2020 political race was was going to be the you know the one to rule them all, but I think that was just a warm up to this one because there are, you know, there are old school and new school thoughts kind of inter interwoven here 
on who should take over the administration. And like administration is getting a lot of blame for the things that are going on. But what's going on in the macro world is wild. Like if you look at macro takes, people who have macro takes, they are spraying a buckshot at what's happening in the macro market. And every single person who has a very cohesive and broad sweeping take is like hitting on maybe two out of 10 things right. Like across the board, things are wild. Like I've been tuning in a lot to kind of how um, new money is thinking of macro and old money, how old money is thinking about macro. And like old money has a perspective that like the US is the reserve currency. It will always be on top and this will always play its way out. Um, and then new money macro takes is like, we're gonna get a decoupling uh, from the US dollar because US is pinched in a place where printer goes up and other uh, sovereign currencies, specifically China and Russia's relationship, as well as crypto um, macro markets have enough to be able to decouple from that reserve. And I think it's it's very interesting. And I think it, it, it puts us in a position where crypto is specifically under a spotlight, but in two different formats. One format is regulatory and how should the US look at and accept crypto? And then the other spotlight is the actual utility of crypto and it being a saving asset, an asset for people to save their wealth in that's actually going on and happening right now. Does that make sense? Like there's there's the US regulatory, how should the US look at it? But there's this globalization effects in place already within these crypto markets that are actively using it. Yeah. And you, you know, and I want to call out that, like, I think that there's been a lot of memes going around around about Gary Gensler. There was even like a Gensler token. And he's really been in the spotlight ever since FTX uh, imploded or unwinded or whatever you want to call it there. Rugged. But we got to remember that, like, Gary is coming from a place of teaching about crypto in schools, in MIT. He understands crypto from a place of, like, um, you know, understanding there's utilities. There's a lot of different ways that crypto is being used. And I think in general probably is, like, pro-crypto. Like, I mean, who who would spend the time to become an educator about blockchain, you know, unless they have a passion for it? So I believe that Gary Gensler is passionate about crypto. And it just so happens that, like, the position that he's in, it, it, it requires him to be a regulatory force against the blockchain. Do you have a take on that? Do you have a take on that? Yeah, I'm going to plus one. I'm going to plus one that because I think that something that kind of made me upset was when Gensler was on the stand and Congress was pressing him about Ethereum, trying to make it a security. And Gary was actually trying to like get two sentences out of his mouth to explain 
that it's a very dangerous statement to call Ethereum a security or not on a blanket statement. And what he was trying to get to was that there's a thousand ERC-20 coins that are on the back of Ethereum. And he couldn't even get that statement out. You had everyone in Congress sitting up in their podium seating, just cutting him off and trying to get a yes, no answer. And, you know, and Congress was like, it's a yes, no answer, Gary. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a yes, no answer, whatever they actually refer to him. Your honor. Uh, it's not your honor. Sorry. I'm sounding so stupid. I don't know the, I don't know the policy here. Um, but it's like, it's like, uh, they were trying to get a yes, no answer out of him. And he was actually trying to educate. He actually like, I was like, let, let him speak. Like, let him educate you on the fact that Ethereum has a million tokens, you know, um, that are not the Ethereum token that everyone knows. And and I did not like how crypto Twitter was trolling Gary in that case. Yeah, I thought he did a good job by saying basically like not answering the question. And in these lawsuits, Bitcoin and Ethereum are not named. And I think that the kind of underlying truth here is that they know that there is a big economic value to aligning with blockchain, aligning with those macro market coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But I just, but there's also threats and it becomes like a matter of, uh, you know, fiscal and um, homeland security to some degree. And so I think these are discovery missions and I, you know, for me personally, not financial advice. Like I wasn't shook by these lawsuits. Like I don't know why. I can't explain it. Were you? Were you shook? I bought more. <laughs> you bought the dip good? No, I wasn't shook at all. I mean, January when Yellen sent the notice out about, you know, either the debt needed to be increased or or spending needed to be cut. I knew it was gonna come down to FUD in six months. Everyone's going to run around and talk about the debt ceiling. I knew inevitably that was going to cause printer go back on conversation, which it did. And then now on cue, what do we got? A lawsuit for Binance, the biggest crypto exchange. A lawsuit for Coinbase, a U.S.-based public company where the United States has offloaded the crypto that they've had in the past. Yeah. All it is, all it is, is just a, a tool in their tool bet belt to throw out right now. And it's supposed to scare people. It's supposed to bring some fear. And that's what it is. I don't want to get too tangential here, but alcohol was unleashed on the population, got out of control by regulation standards. It became illegal. Then it got legal again. Gold was illegal and threatening. And then it became legal again. The Bitcoin ticker is already on Market Watch. It's already up there on the daily news that a lot of boomers watch. Like, crypto is not going away. The applications are going to grow. The young is going to get wealthy. Like, I spent my 20s during the 2010s and us youth got a lot of money a lot quicker than our previous generation did. 
during that time, during a bull run, being being in tech and faffoing. And the youth right now is focused on blockchain. And they're going to absolutely collect on everyone's bags. There's no doubt about it. Like, you start companies in crypto, you start building on the blockchain, you start making these connections, and you're in your 20s, you're going to come up on bags. And the more and more people stay away from it, the more and more people don't want to pay attention to it, the more and more they're just going to be, they're going to be left and forgotten. Like, you talk about T-bills sitting at like 6 and 7%, and people salivating over the opportunity at that, dude, 20-year-olds won't even get out of bed for anything less than 60%. 20-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, I know. The next generation is is built a bit different here. And so, you know, we're, we're tailing them on, on some regards on some of this crazy stuff like Bitcoin ordinals and like whatever, whatever the fuck else, like technological advancements that... Are, are catching hype. To be honest, I think I'm at a place where I have a lot of belief in crypto. I love NFTs. I love trading them. I love the community aspects. And the rest of it, I'm going to tail the Zoomers right into those bags, dude. You know, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, so we talked about the SEC as an engagement farmer, but today we're bringing on the main engagement farmer on Twitter that we've all come to love or hate but either way certainly not avoid and that's alex shillin villain um you know i've been in a number of his spaces personally i find it to be entertaining highly entertaining maybe you know maybe i have a sixth sense of humor i don't know um but i think there's a lot of people that feel that way it's kind of interesting to watch so i've watched him grow um in NFT Twitter, up over a hundred thousand followers, you know, and and hosting just like spaces after spaces after spaces. Like at one point, I was like, couldn't believe it. Like it was like you know, two months straight that I watched this guy do four spaces a day, and I'm thinking like, is this for real? Is this guy for real? And so he is a polarizing figure to some degree in a space like. You know, there's people who who literally are are fans of him, followers, network, community that follow him, and and the, then there's other people that just don't. He doesn't jive with them. They don't subscribe, um, and somewhere in there is the truth. You know, like who is this guy? And I feel like, as a platform in Web three in the NFT space. The best thing that we could do here at Neverfade is bring this guy into the podcast, hear what he has to say, you know, get some takes, understand better the truth about Shill and Villain. And that's the game plan today. Are you down with that good? Yeah, man. I'm down with it. I mean, I think that the anybody who has a platform and has earned a platform has some reality tied to them you know what i mean like if you have if you've started a platform and you have people who constantly tune into your platform it it need to be you know understood that it deserves its legs there are a lot of people that just want to like you know cut the legs out from this guy because they don't like his style style is different you'll hear it on this 
on this pod. I'm sure he's going to come in like an absolute bat out of hell. I don't expect him to be calm. I don't expect him to be normal. Like, sorry, sorry, and villain. Like, I don't expect you to be a normal dude. Uh, I don't know what we're really getting ourselves into, but I do expect it to be unique, and I expect it to be raw. Um, and I would say, you know, if you tune in to this pod to really get a lot of, like, our takes out of this pod, myself or facts, we're probably not going to get a lot in on the show. I think you, I think, I think you probably heard all the talking from us already at this point. Am I, am I off base there? No, we'll see. You know, I mean, he's, he's a little hard to keep up with. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, once he gets going, you know, full steam ahead, he, he's a buzzsaw. And I think that's, look, I've seen him, I've seen certain values about Alex that lead me to believe that he really cares about the people who give him time and support. I've I've learned through listening to him, watching him, and talking to him that he means well and that he doesn't like to see people around him get scammed and rugged. And I think that that's something that's very prevalent uh, surrounding NFTs and crypto. And it kind of seems like he's, he's kind of like been on a mission to do things different. So let's learn more about this. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Shillin Villain now. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I've always been a big fan of what you do. So excited to finally be on your podcast. I know you are booked. I had to check your Calendly. I was like, oh my God, one of these guys use Calendly. Like, please do just a Twitter DM, a Discord DM. We can get things rolling faster. But no, he's got all the semantics. Got to sign in my Google. I'm looking at his calendar. I don't know who the fuck you're interviewing. It can't be no one more interesting than me. Like, you got to move me to the front of the line, but I'm finally here. I'm excited. I've been a big fan. So yeah, I'm finally, finally happy to be on your podcast. Yeah. It's all FOMO and PSYOP. You know, we, we, we make the calendar look like, oh shit, you better grab that spot. You better grab that spot. Otherwise somebody else is, you're going to be blocked out. So I'm happy to see that it's, uh, it's working out, dude. I know you're a busy, busy guy. And, uh, look, I'm happy to have you on here. You know, and, and really what I want to get down to today is is the truth about Shill and Villain. So when we get guests on here, usually we like to understand like how they got into Web3 and blockchain and why. So give us a little background, Alex, on how you got involved in the blockchain and, and basically how did it become your life? Okay, first of all, I want to point out if you're doing the truth about someone, the most important thing is for them not to be there. How did I get involved in crypto? In 2017, I, I downloaded an app, Coinbase app, because I saw Bitcoin. Like I was doing stocks, not like heavy trading, just like I was working at a university, like a little, it's a, it's a D2 university as an IT technician. And like on the side. Hey, that's where the best talent comes out of, by the way. Little IT, little IT technician spots. I know what you're up to. You're, you're up to a little bit of different stuff. So I want to hear the, I want to hear the backside of this story too. Make sure you cover it. Oh, dude, I did nothing there. Like, not, absolutely nothing. So with doing nothing came lots of free time. And so I, I, like, I sat on stock twits 
all day long, dude, all day long. Like my favorite stock was Tesla and it was like, going back and forth with the bulls, dude. They're fucking bananas. I, it's all died down since because like, uh, but, but at the time, um, just doing option trading, I was never good at it, right? I thought I was good. Like, you know, I'd make a couple grand here and there. I'm like, dude, I'm quitting this fucking job forever. I'm going to say, fuck you. You make like five grand in like five minutes. You're like, fuck this place. Then you lose 10 grand in 10 minutes. Like, God damn it. I'm working here forever. Uh, but then Bitcoin was like, it went up and I was like, uh, okay. And then it went up again and I'm like, what the fuck? And then it went up again. I'm like, holy fucking shit. This thing's never stopping. And so immediately priced out of Bitcoin. I'm like, God damn it. And so I downloaded this Coinbase app. I'm not, no clue what the fuck Bitcoin is. Well, I guess, no, no, that's not true. I knew what Bitcoin was way back and yeah, I think everyone kind of knew. Like, we all saw it, but we never really saw it until, like, 2017 when it, like, really ripped. And so everyone sees it really rip, and I'm like, fuck it, dude. Let me get involved and download the Coinbase app. And they had three different coins, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. Uh, I was like, I'm not buying these expensive-ass coins. Let's start with this, like, cheaper coin because I can own more of these cheaper coins. So buy the cheaper coin, like, Litecoin, and then it, like, rips up from, like, I think I put in, like, 5k and then like 6x is like 30k and then then i'm like holy fuck and then i'm like i need to get more speculative like these three coins they're not really that volatile i'm starting seeing all these shit coins all over the place and so then i go down this venture of like chasing all these fucking shit coins i remember like one of them was like tron and dude when i hit tron it was like a 5k to 50k and keep in mind dude like this is college technician dude like making like 50k a year so I made my like my salary in like a day. And dude, I just remember walking around campus, like my balls, like I checked my balls and they were dragging on the ground. Like, <laughs> at at the end of the day, dude, like no one could tell me shit. Dude, I was swinging my arms back and forth. Like, what the fuck are you looking at? I just made 50K in a day. <laughs> Wait till I get my money right. Then you can't tell me nothing, right? Ah, yeah, dude. I remember just like, and dude, I was going to like, and I was like, I need to get more speculative. And so like, then I'm like, these were like when I'm trading on like Binance and like KuCoin. And I was like, I need to get these coins before they get to these locations. Cause that's like normally marking the top when they get in here. Like I'm normally getting dumped on like Binance and KuCoin. And so like, I started going down this venture of chasing like these smaller and smaller centralized exchanges. Like uh, one of my favorite was like um, crypto, cryptopia.nz. Um, dude, that one's really funny because they had like a chat box and I was pumping and dumping in the chat box. I remember saying like, yo, this token's the next fucking Bitcoin da, 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 and like pumping, exiting. Like, oh, <laughs> Cryptopia. I remember Cryptopia, dude. Thing is like, I don't think, I think it's out of commission now. Yeah. I got fucking rugged, um, with my tokens on that marketplace, whatever. I got rugged in like several different fashions. Um, and like. Like, my token, like, everything went to zero fast as fuck, dude. Like, 2018, like, when every, dude, I wasn't getting away out, I, dude. And I had, I didn't pull out nothing because I was like, I'm not doing taxes on shit. I'm just going to keep on, like, trying to flip this around. Everything went to zero. Like, literally everything. My last holding was, like, it's called NEO. It was supposed to be, like, like, Ethereum's, ver China's version of Ethereum or something. And then I just staked it up in a wallet and forgot about it for, like, several years. Several years later, fast forward, um, my friend keeps telling me about NFTs. I'm like, dude, get the fuck away from me. Uh, I'm done with crypto. It's a fucking scam. Yeah, I left I left 2018 hating cryptos. 2000, like, was it 21? I think it's 2021. 
like October, September, September, October. My friend doesn't shut the fuck up about these fucking NFTs. And he's like telling me about like wax NFTs. Like, yeah, he's like, and he shows me, he's like turned zero dollars. I still to this day don't know, don't know how, into like 50K. He's like, how the fuck did you do that? Um, but he's like a much, eh, he's not a better trade than me. Fuck that shit. And so I eventually capitulate um, because BitBoy is like, I'm doing an NFT. But not really, he wasn't really him. It was his friend DZ. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's like a YouTuber as well. But he was bigger in the NFT side of things. So BitBoy was helping me promote it. And I was like, all right, fuck it, dude. I'll try it. And when we say DZ, we're, we're talking about D's. Is that right? Is it D's the YouTuber? No, no, no. I think you're talking about D's the Twitter. Different. Okay. DZ. He's like a Cardano. Dude, he's a Cardano mf'er with a fucking DZ.eth. Um, he works. He's like, he's like BitBoy's right hand man. Yeah. For people who don't know, BitBoy Crypto Ben Armstrong is a is a very influential YouTuber covering, you know, crypto, covering small market cap coins. And it sounds like Alex, you followed his programming. Or somebody did, your friend did, must have, right? To put you onto this NFT he was dropping? Yeah. And I was like, fine. It's like a couple hundred bucks. I'll give it a go. Um, and it was funny. He like, you had to own certain tokens to get whitelist for it. And it was at the time, like whitelist meta was huge. And I was like, okay, let me buy some of these tokens, get whitelisted. And I minted like, I don't forget how many I minted, but it was, it was a good bit. And it was funny because the mint was all fucked up. He had rarity all fucked up. Like the first people that minted had like the ultra rares and I minted like all ultra rares. And like, I remember turning like, like $500 into like 30 K overnight. And I was like, Oh, I was hooked out to that dude. It was like the biggest dopamine hit. I was like, Holy fuck, dude, here we go. <laughs> I'm back in it boys. And so then like I did a whole bunch of like Ethereum NFTs, like shit Ethereum trading I never hit a fucking Ethereum blue chip, dude. I think I was like just, I was like the Cyber Kongs, the Basies. Like, I was like, I was a big, big fan of the Cyber Kongs. So I was like, holy shit. These guys are making like $300,000 APY on their, like $300,000 off these fucking banana coins. And I was like, this is bullshit, dude. And so I remember doing like a whole bunch of these like shit coin pr making, staking. Uh, trying to find the next cyber Kong. it never came by the way uh, there was never another cyber Kongs. but in my mind i was gonna find it and so like there was this one i got really into called wicked eight bone club and you earn their wicked coin and i remember owning like three or four of these and like putting out a tweet saying like oh if you hold four of these you're actually making more of the minimum wage like based off the staking mechanics and i was like dude, i was totally buying into this that you could hold internet pictures and stake it and earn internet coins, magic internet money, and make more than people that are flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. Well, for like a, and do they have me believing it? That's great context. It sounds like you flip flopped around and and probably got wrecked on some of these like Ethereum tokens. But at some point, you landed in Solana. When did you get into the Solana ecosystem? Okay, so like <clears throat> I was big. I was a mint maxi like. Secondary volume, secondary trading was not me, but I knew how to mint and print. And so, Alex, we're talking just time frame wise. If you're a mint maxi, you, we're talking like summer of 21. We're talking Joke Summer 21. That was when you were mint maxiing. Is that right? Yeah. I can't remember if I got in 2020. Like, when did 
Dude, I, I, the years are, are blurred, dude. It all moves so fast. 21 was when Bay came out, end of, end of April. These Cyber Kongs, when Cyber Kongs were just cashing bananas, it was June of 21. So, yeah, so I came in a little bit after. I missed the Cyber Kong shit. So, June, August. Yeah, so like around like September 21 is when I came in. And like there were still a ton and ton of Ethereum mints, but eventually like let's say there was like 10 Ethereum mints a day. There was like one Solana when I first entered. And then it dropped down one, like nine Ethereum mints a day, and then two Solana, then eight, then three. Or, and then it just slowly inverse, like where there was more Solana mints than Ethereum mints. And that's when I like fully transitioned, like Solana mint, Solana mint, Solana mint, Solana mint, Solana mint. And the other thing I liked about Solana, dude, was I think like the, like the last time I was like, yo, fuck Ethereum was like, I think it was called like the sevens official. It was like the highest gas war at the time. And I was like, I'm never doing this shit. And like, I, I still tried to get into some like doodles was another like big one I tried to get into, but it was like one Ethereum in gas per transaction. It was like a point like two ETH meant. And I was like, dude, I'm like put, I was like at point eight ETH and I'm like, yo, what in the fuck in gas? Like this is bullshit. Um, but I hated Ethereum at the time because of how much gas was like I, and profit margins. And it was like, it was just like the principle of it all. I'm like, dude, I'm buying this internet picture for like $500 and I'm going to pay like $4,000 to transact a 500. Dude, it already sounded like I had to question my whole like logic of what the fuck I'm doing at this point in time with my life. Like it just made no sense. Yeah. So that kind of drove you to, to Solana because you didn't have to deal with the gas fees, which is. You know, that is like one of the big use cases for Solana is you don't have those track transaction fees and suddenly all the gas fees on Ethereum, because in 21, there was a point when Ethereum gas fees got completely out of control. And that really kicked up like the discussions around L2s and then, of course, around Solana. And so you find yourself over on the Solana blockchain minting and printing and Somewhere along the line, you end up, I suppose, minting what has now become the famous shillin' villain lizard, which is like this from this reptilian, uh, reptilian renegade collection. So, Alex, you've done close to a thousand spaces, you know, thousands of people tuning into these spaces. And one thing that you kind of like, continuously go back to is you talk about this $30 PFP. I'm just a $30 PFP. I'm just a $30 PFP. And this is this reptilian renegade uh, PFP. So like, I want to dig into this. So like, why do you use that PFP as your PFP on crypto Twitter, Alex? All these projects at the time are like, like I'm blowing up, right? Social media is going through the fucking roof. Everyone's loving what I'm doing, I'm hosting spaces. And the reason why I'm hosting spaces is I joined, well, first of all, this is how like I game really viral. Well, first, like I was just sending out alpha calls, very blatant alpha calls from my, from my fucking Twitter. Like there's only like a thousand people following me, but I was sending like links. I'm like, yo, go to this link right now and mint this fucking project. Sending link, sending link, sending link. Like, and I don't care like if it was like, I wasn't. I didn't get anyone drained, dude. Everyone fucking printed. When I when I sent a link, it was free money. I want all my people that are following me make free money. And then um, 
I was like a super, super alpha account. Like everyone knew. Like every time you think the dumbass lists, like, oh, these accounts are good. Like every single list, even though I only had a thousand followers, like major influencers, like Alex is like the most fucking alpha person on the fucking app. Uh, Alex, 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 Alex. And this one was like a small ass account. So one of these influencer assholes, whatever, not assholes, just whatever. It's just more of the same, really. They're like, we're going to do an auction. And I was like, looking at it. I'm like, this is a fucking scam. This is a fucking scam. And I said, I don't support this. This is like a fucking scam. Whatever. And like, it was ran by the biggest Solana influencer at the time. And like, I'm pushing back on it. And he freaks the fuck out. And I'm like, um, dude, like, I'm a, dude, he immediately comments on it and like, you need to come to a space or some shit. And I'm like, dude, the fuck I am. Like, I don't do spaces. Like, I've never done spaces. I'm not joining the fucking space. I said, no, that's okay. I'm entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to yours. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but you can go fuck off. <laughs> and like, yo, first of all, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a tiny ass account. Like, all I come on here is to shill my shit. Shill and villain was made to shill shit. Like, that was it. Like, shill my fucking bags all over the place. Um, that's what it was. I was shilling like a villain. Not this some fucking villain arc that people are projecting onto me. It was because I was shilling like a villain. And and people don't like it when you call their projects rugs. I can I know from experience. They don't like that at all. Anyways, he's like freaking the fuck out, dude. Um, like this is the biggest inf- – I'm like, dude, why is the biggest influencer on Solana concerned about me, little old Alex? Well, little old Alex had like a ton of influence even with just like a thousand people because like how alpha he was. And as soon as Alex said like that's dog shit, all of a sudden like, oh, it's maybe dog shit. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like – we need to get on a Discord call. So I'm doing like hours and hours of calls with like the biggest influencer on Solana. And he's telling me how I shouldn't be saying this and how I'm not entitled to say this. And like, I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like in my head. This is before I really like um, blew up on people. But then I um, just like, so I'm like trying to be cordial, cool, calm and collective. I'm like, Okay, like, I'm not going to delete anything. I am entitled to my opinion. It is Twitter. It's just my opinion, man. And, dude, it doesn't matter what I say. People are going to still buy this project. You're the biggest influencer on Solana. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to leave my opinion out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I just don't want people that follow me to support this idea. That's all. And that's my opinion. And they're, they're entitled to the to support it either way. They're entitled to their own opinion. Uh, but for you to try to, like, shut me up, dude, that's, that's just not going to work. Like, I'm not going to stop. Uh, but... Yeah, I understand. Like, I appreciate you, like, reaching out and, like, trying to settle it, but I'm never going to delete it. And it is what it is. And he was, like, losing his shit, dude. Like, losing his ever-loving mind over this fucking tweet that I put out. And uh, so then he hosts his own space, and he brings on all the biggest influencers. And they're all, like, yeah, he shouldn't be saying this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's ten big-ass Solana influencers now pinning my tweet to the top of the fucking space. And they're all going over it. And, like, how Alex is fucking wrong. And I'm, like, what in the fuck is going on? And, like, people are tagging me. You need to come to this space. You need to come to this space. I'm, like, for fucking what, dude? It's my fucking goddamn opinion. Like, I don't need to come out and defend my goddamn opinion. I don't need to come to your space, dude. I end up going to the space. I end up going to the space, and it's 10 on 1. It feels like a bunch of fucking hyenas, and I come in there like a fucking alpha dog, like a fucking lion, surrounded by 10 fucking Solana hyenas. They're all nipping at me. <laughs> you can't say that, Alex. You can't say it's a scam. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so the most fucking – dude, his name's Titan? 
have you ever heard of Titan XBT? No, oh, dude. He's going on a tangent about how four thousand dollars isn't a lot of fucking money. They're entitled for four thousand dollars in NFT. I have no fucking opinion in the matter. And I'm just thinking to myself, dude. I have an opinion and I'm entitled to it. So I get up on the space and we have, it shows here on the space, Ice Knife is the other person's Alpha Dog, OX Kirk, Titan, uh, Zach, like all the biggest Solana influencers at the time. And Alex is like, my name is Alexander42 with a little green skeleton that wasn't even a real fucking NFT at the time. And I'm just like, thousand followers and all the biggest influencers are all teaming up on me. And I'm just like, all right, this is interesting. This is my first space ever. First space I've ever done, and I'm getting bullied by by all 10 influencers on Solana. Yeah, hours to make. Like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, honestly, 50 soul, that's not even five grand. The minimum DAO payment I've ever paid into is fucking 10 grand. Like, you're like, bruh, that's not even $5,000. Like, what, $4,000? Who gives a fuck about $4,000? Like, how? These are people wanting to raise their own money because so they can. I should, I should just say, okay, it's fine because they want to charge 50 so It's bro, fine. Bro, I have the right to voice my own opinion. He's mad that I tweeted it out. He's mad. Hey, yo, 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 let me finish my sentence. He's mad that I tweeted it out. Aren't you a slow runner anyway, Titan? Why are you even talking? Get him out of here, bro. Anyways, I tweeted it out. He got mad. I'm here for him because he wants to know what the concerns are. I'm giving him my concern. If you don't want to hear my concern, take me off. Block me, bro. Bro, this is Alex, like really the dumbest man, conversation pray, I've ever. Bro, everybody said yeah, the dumbest conversation ever. Bro, I literally you're tweeted out like, what I thought, and he wants me to come up here, and, tell, and I'm now I'm telling him what I think. I wanted you to come up here. I wanted. I was never mad about anything. There's never a point in time where I was mad about. Oh my god, four thousand dollars! I can't believe I'm outraged. People are raising four thousand dollars to make a DAO. Oh my god! Bro, you sound like a fucking bozo, kid. I'm wasting my time to leave the space, bro. No one's forcing you to stay in the space. Leave it, bro. You don't have to hear me speak. Everybody, chill, chill, chill. I didn't want it to get like this. This is stupid. Yeah, so you can hear them like trying to team up on me how it's okay for them to raise $4,000. And I'm like, dude, it's perfectly fine. Um, the, the influencer came to me asking for my concerns. And that's why I came to your stupid ass space to begin with. Like, if you don't want to hear my fucking concerns, don't fucking invite me to the space. I'm not going to agree with you raising $4,000 when I don't agree with you. Like, I'm going to give you my concerns. And Oh, it got out of control. Like, so what kind of response did you get from people who had tuned into that space and heard that? Oh, they were like, holy fuck, this guy fucks. Like, he's fucking wrecking these influencers. Like, everyone's like, oh my god, who's the shilling villain? Dude, they put me on the map instantly. So, uh, their shitty behavior was just like, I was like, dude, it was so bad. Like, they were, they were literally like a hyena's den. And like, there was other people that were like started coming up after me. Like I, I have so frustrated, dude. I started losing my fucking shit on that space. And I was like, I'm just gonna switch a listener. I'm done fucking t like, I'm done fucking here. And so then it did all the little, little hyena asses stayed up there as speaker. The little Solana influencers are all trying to raise $4,000 per NFT. They were bringing up people who had disagreed one by one and trying to pretend like they're fucking like, dude, it was ridiculous. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So, but this is, this was the inception of shill and villain the Twitter spaces hosts because you went up there basically calling out influencer BS. And I think that a lot of people were probably shocked, but at the same time, 
they were refreshed by this take. Like this guy's not going to take shit from people. And I think like, that's kind of like from there, you just like, that becomes your signature. Yeah. So when, after that, I was like, the bar is low. Like this is the biggest influencers trying to direct the space off cliffs. They're literally walking people off fucking cliffs out here. I'm like, holy fuck. Like before I didn't really listen to voice calls. I just kind of like read their text and like assumed like they were smarter than they had appeared. And then after that space, I realized, wait a second, these guys are fucking idiots. Like I'll just go be more influential than them and use like what I think is better, like better the space, do better, whatever good is bad is all fucking like weird as fuck. Like what's good versus bad. But do I believe walking people off canyons is a good idea? No. But they loved it, dude. They loved watching their fucking followers fall off a cliff a thousand miles high. And uh, that that's like bothers them that they were like they were losing influence to me because they were liquidating so much on their followers. And I just immediately scaled back on all financial advice at that point in time. I said, it's not worth it. Like, I could pump any fucking collection at the time. Like, I gained so much fucking influence so fucking fast. Like, within, like, that month or two, it went, I went parabolic. And then by, like, the third, four month, like, it literally every single Solana collection, like, wanted me on their team. Every single one. And so I kept on saying no to a lot of people. Like, no, no thanks, no, no thanks. And then eventually, like, the reptiles. This is, like, full circle here. How do we get to the reptiles? This is how we got to the reptiles. They were launched by Hydra Launchpad. Um, they were Hydra at the time had launched several blue chip Solana collections. Like Ketzon Crack was launched by them. Um, they ran up like crazy. Trip and Ape ran up like crazy. Uh, there was a thing called Sea Shanties ran up like crazy. Um, everything they touched, dude, like was like more than ten xing every single time. Dallies. Uh, what's some other, there's like another small one. It's like a Nizuki derivative, but every, didn't matter if it said Hydra launch pads, launching it, the marketing was unmatched. It wasn't even close. Like magic Eden was about to get put out of business, um, for launch pad wise. Like everyone, like dude, this one, like Solana launches were going fucking crazy. Like they were raising more capital on Solana than Ethereum. Like they were raising like $10 million per NFT and like, Ethereum was at the, the was at a meta where like Goblin Town was coming out. Like you could only raise funding through royalties on Ethereum. Like no one was giving initial capital off of mints. And so like Solana then insert like Solana mint season. Um and at the time Hydra was shitting on every single launch pad. And so my friend reaches out to me and they're like, Hey Alex, I want you to be an advisor. Like this is a close friend. I'm like, Really? He's like, Yeah, there's this founder I really like. And I was like, okay, uh, what's the project? He shows me the art, and I'm like, oh fuck, like this is a this is a blue chip, this is a blue chip, dude, like this is blue chip art. And then, um, all right, I'm like, let me check it out. So I'm talking to him, and I'm like, okay, the founder seems like he has at least some type of lore here. Seems like it could be something. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, immediately, like I reach out to Hydra. I'm like, hey Hydra, I think I got a blue chip. Um, and they're like, what do you mean? And I show them the art and they're like, oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, dude, this fucks. And uh, they're like, okay, well, can we launch you guys? And I said, yeah, dude, like, let me talk to the owner. 
owner's like, um, yeah, let's launch with Hydra. Like, if you recommend it, Alex, like, I'm down for that. I'm like, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. And I remember, like, once we announced the Hydra shit, dude, shit went fucking insane. Like, oh, shit, Hydra's launching another fucking collection. Oh, shit. And then at that point in time, I felt comfortable, like, becoming an advisor for the project. And I was like, okay, I'll take on an advisorship role. I'll be, like, as soon as I did that, I immediately made, like, a tweet saying, I'm now the new advisor for the reptiles. And at the time, every single salon influencer hated my fucking guts, dude. Like, I was wrecking them. I'm like, yeah, here's this fucking asshole promoting another rug. Here's X, Y, and Z. I was like, Zach XBT for Zach XBT was cool. Uh, but I was out here wrecking them. Like, he's taking undisclosed payments. Here's the wallet tracker, dude. I was like way early on wallet tracking. Like, oh, here's like the tweets with the timeline that says, hey, I'm bullish on this. But I, but you can show, check his wallet. And he's selling right as he says he's bullish. Dude, they fucking hated my fucking guts. Like, fuck this shilling villain. Like. <laughs> and because I didn't do their shitty stuff, dude, like I was, so keep in mind, like 2017, like when, when all that came ending, like let's say, I don't know how much I lost, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like instantly gone overnight, dude, it put me in, like suicidal state, like for a whole month and put me on a commission, dude. I literally like was still going to the university. So keep in mind, like balls dragging on the ground one month, next month, dude, like becoming a vegetable for like a whole month thinking to myself, fuck man. I'm going to work for the rest of my life. I am going to sit here at this college and work for the rest of my life for these students. And that's just the way it's going to be, Alex. There's no way out of it. And so I, from that moment, like when I finally got out of that a month later, I told myself like money can never be in control of me. I can never let money control me. So I became very content not making large sums of money because I was like, I'm not going to let myself fall into that state again. Dude, that was like the worst state I've ever been in. So, like, I was okay with, like, not doing their fucking fuckery. Like, all these fucking Solana influencers were doing so much fuckery. Like, hundreds of whitelists and just dumping on everyone, like, out the gates. But they were, but before the gates opened, they're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so bullish on this fucking collection. Meanwhile, they get 100 whitelists that no one is entitled to other than these influencers. And they dump it all over the place. And then, dude, of course I was getting those offers. Like, and of course I said no to them. And that gave me power, dude. That gave me power over them because I'm like... I'm not going to do it ha, ha, in your face, but I am going to call your bitch ass out. And so Alex is chopping off the heads of these salon influencers. Like, yeah, fuck that salon influencer off with his head. So then like people start, dude, everyone was like influences going higher and higher and higher. And then boom, Alex is an advisor for the fucking reptiles. The crowd goes wild. <sighs> then people, people love the reptile, dude. They, they kind of love it, right? So then all of a sudden I announce it. And then I see like influencers coming out of the woodworks like, don't buy this fucking collection. Shilling villains, a piece of shit. Every single influencer is like, boom, boom, throwing like major fucking hate my way. And then privately though, privately, they're DMing the, the founder like, hey, can I get 40 whitelists? Can I get 100 whitelists? Can I get – and he's showing me all these DMs and like, oh my god. All the people that are publicly shitting on me right now are asking for whitelists. And, and dude, that was like – um. I thought at the time, but when they signed me up for advisor, I told the owner, I was like, dude, I don't know if it's a great idea for you to bring me on. Like, because everyone hates me. Every fucking influencer hates me. Like, I don't think it's a good idea for you to bring me on board, to be honest. Like, I don't mind privately advising you. I don't want any type of payment. I don't, I just want to learn. Like, that's, I'm, I'm here to learn. I don't need your payment. Like, there's no need to pay me. And so he's like, no, no, I really want to pay you. And I said, the best thing you can do is pay me. And equity. 
and I'll buy my equity. So I'll buy the NFTs. Like, just give me the opportunity to buy NFTs. So he gave me the opportunity to buy 40 NFTs. I bought 40 NFTs. I still hold them to this day. Um, so, but go, okay, go back to the influencer side of things. Every influencer is shitting on me like, yeah, don't buy this fucking project. Shilling villains advising for it. I'm like, oh my God. So you're like the, the anti-influencer influencer. So like to the dismay of like these, these influencers whose game was basically to like pump and dump on their followers, you were gaining a following because you were calling these dudes out. And then come along this project where you're actually taking an advisory role and these influencers are on one hand calling you out and on the other hand, DMing the founder for, for whitelist spots so that they can get in. I mean, yeah, that's what happened. So what happened to the lizards? Yeah, so like influencers are like losing their shit that I'm an advisor and I'm like, okay. So it, it actually slow mints. Like doesn't – like at the time, everything's instantly minting out. Like boom, like instant. So this one is like slowly mints. It's like a one soul mint and then it comes out of the gates to like 1.3 soul. So – it's like, eh, whatever. And I was like, okay, this is fun. Like, we'll build off this. And then um, this is right after OK Bears. OK Bears ripped faces off. And then all of a sudden, like, these ETH influencers didn't really know me start fucking with it. And then they buy, like, some. And then, and like, it goes from, like, 1.3 to, like, 5 soul. I'm like, holy fuck. We're just 5x boys. And then more ETH influencers get involved. And it goes to, like, 10 soul. Like, then the next day, it went to, like, 20 soul. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, these ETH influencers are hosting spaces. And, like, I already have a major Solana following at the time. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude. Like, I'll join your spaces. And so I'm, like, at this point in time sharing my vision. But, like, at the time, I'm not the founder. I'm just an advisor. But everyone's looking at me as, like, I'm borderline the founder. There was five advisors, but no one will ever know that. The other four, no one ever heard of. They faded to irrelevancy. Um they were just there. So you're the, I mean, you're the face of the project at this point. Now it's popping off. A lot of people are talking about it. They're holding spaces about it. And shill and villain is essentially become the face. Yeah. So it goes from like a hundred dollars to $2,000 in the course of like three days. Uh, the volumes like in the top 10, um, volume for all NFTs, like Solana, Ethereum, it made like the front page of OpenSea. And then, like, the next day, it goes to, like, 30 fucking salon. I'm like, holy fucking shit. And so, dude, I am running on that timeline at this point in time. Like, parading every single fucking instrument I can find. I am playing that bitch. The trumpets, the fucking drums, the trombone, the cymbals. I was hitting them all. Like, letting everyone know, I just 30x a fucking project. Go fuck yourself. Because it is hard to do that, dude. Very few projects ever 30 fucking act. So, it's like, it's like trading in the top five collection of open sea alex has the whole fucking band marching we're hosting spaces like 500 fucking people and spaces weren't big at the time but this shit was big and then um dude the next day like day four it hits fucking 40 fucking solana i'm like holy fucking shit dude my heart is racing at this point in time i turned four thousand dollars into uh what's four 40 times, 160,000. So at one point in time, those 40 lizards were worth $160,000. <laughs> immediately roll out staking, immediately rolling out like second gen stuff. Like then it 
boom, like the fucking 45 soul. I was like, holy fucking shit. It's at 45 soul. We host the space. 800 people are in there. Magic Eden comes up. Like, what the fuck is going on here, Alex? I was like, yo, either get in or get the fuck out. Like, I'm like, at that point, you could not turn down the fucking hype. I was like, holy, and then it it hit like number one traded NFT on all blockchains. It was the number one fucking on Solana, Ethereum, like on OpenSea, they were the number one fucking traded NFT. It was at 45X, so you, every $100 you put in, you could have pulled out 4,500, and that was like base floor. Like these these rare ones were trading like over 100 Solana, like Solana was trading at like $100 at the time. So like from 100 to 4,500 in like the course of a week. And uh, everyone's losing their fucking minds. Like, what the fuck? And then, like, a day goes by. Um, so we, we completely ro- rolled out, like, a like a one-year roadmap in, like, three days. It felt like, or four days. Like, staking, second chins, tokens. They all got rolled out in the course of the first fucking week. Like, dude, like, remove your NFT now if you want the snapshot. So, like, that's what, like, helped a lot of this was, like, removing NFTs, like, second gens coming. So, a lot of all that played into this, like, to get to that 45 marker. And then, like, so, I was still, like, the, obviously the founders, like, the founders are, like, fuck you, State, to the, to Hydra. They're, like, hey, we need to do this. He's, like, no, go fuck yourself uh, privately. Like, no, he never he never really got popular, right? Um, everyone, his name was Fiopi, but no one, no one remembers him. They all were... It, because he didn't really have the influence that he had at the time. It was just like the stars had aligned for the out uh, era. But then like the next day, like all the, all, like the entire roadmap got rolled out. I was like, what the fuck? How do we do this in a week? And then to the next day, it went to like 35. Then the next day, it went to 30. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like I could feel like the downtrend was coming and there was nothing stopping it. Like we don't have another update coming. And then like for the, the founder pretty much goes radio silent. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Then the next day, dude, OpenSea DCMA is the, the fucking collection. I'm like, what the fuck just happened here? Like 10 p.m. that night, it gets removed. And I'm like getting blown up like, Alex, why did you fucking get removed? Like, I'm like, I had no fucking idea. I have zero idea. Like, um, And then boom, it goes down like 20. So I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, god damn it. Yeah, it feels good on the way up, on the way down. It's fucking terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. And then people are like tagging me like, ouch, you fucking piece of shit. And I'm like, god damn it. I'm sorry, guys. Um, and like, I'm just like, fuck, man. And then, I, yeah, I remember like the, the like when it went really down when it got removed from OpenSea for DCMA. And I like, it's like asking him, what the fuck? And then I like go look at the picture. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? It's not even like a real fucking picture. I still to this day don't know if like it was like a real DCMA or if someone like I, th- I still like do not know what exactly would happen that night. Uh, so but then the next morning I wake up and Magic Eden's like, Alex, uh, why are you trying to get the reptiles removed from Magic Eden? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like Hydra's contacting us saying to remove the reptiles. I'm like, for what? And then like, we don't know, but we're not doing it. We're not removing it. And I was like, um, dude, I have no idea. It's probably the Balloonsville rugger. Like, fuck if I know. Uh, they haven't talked to me. And they're like, huh. And I'm like, huh. All right. I'll go call, I'll go like get in contact with Hydra. I'm like, yo, Hydra, what the fuck's going on? This is like 8 a.m. in the morning. I'm like just barely waking up trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Why we, we are just got removed from OpenSea last night. And then this morning, Magic Eden trying to remove us. I'm like, is it DCMA? Like, what's going on, Hydra? So no contact from Hydra. And then I messaged the founder 
and then I call him like ding, ding, on Discord. And then he's like in the shower. I'm like, I'll never forget it. He's like taking a fucking bath. I'm like, and then like, meanwhile, everything's blowing up. Like he seemed like calm, cool and collective. I'm like, dude, what are you fucking doing? Like everything's blowing up over here. Like they're getting us removed. Like Magic Eden's getting us removed. And he's like, they didn't tell you? I'm like, who didn't tell me? Like Hydra. He's like, Hydra didn't tell you? I was like, no. He's like, I'm rugging, I'm rugging the project. And I was like, what do you mean you're rugging the project? He's like, yeah, I'm the Bloonsville rugger. I was like, oh. <laughs> dude, my heart sank. Obviously, oh, fuck, dude. He's like, he's like, yeah, dude, like, it's fine. Um, um, you can take over the project. I said, I don't want to fucking take over this project. Like, that's not why I signed up for this. Like, I signed up so I could just learn about fucking the back scenes. Like, I never wanted to be the founder of this shit. He's like, it's fine, dude. You take over it. You'll be the next Frank to God's. And I was like, dude, I want no fucking foundership of this bullshit. Like, I don't mind advising. Like, but as far as founder, he's like, he's like, Alex, listen, I'm going to continue to rug people. Um, you know, there's really, you just collect the mint funds and you rug people. It's really that simple. You don't continue projects. Like, that's what stupid people do. And I'm like, oh my God. So he was so fucking cocky, dude. Um, so I think what happened was Hydra got it delisted. And this is me speculating and pontificating. Cause like I said, I don't know to this day, um, Hydra got it delisted from OpenSea and then Hydra was trying to get it listed from Magic Eden delisted so they could stop all trade, trade volume. So when the announcement came out that it was rugging, they could do something about it. I think that's why they were trying to get delisted from Magic Eden. That, that makes sense. And But Magic Eden knew this, right? They knew, I think they knew it was rugging. And at the time, it was so competitive for launch pads. And Magic Eden was getting absolutely fucking wrecked. And they were like, yeah, we got Hydra right where they fucking, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Magic Eden's like, yeah, go fuck yourself, Hydra. We're not delisting shit. We're going to let it rug. And everyone's going to hate your fucking launch pad. And we're not going to let you save your project. And then, that's what's just me speculating. I don't know if that's true or false, right? But business is dirty, so I believe it probably, I don't know. Um, so um, he's like, okay, it's fine, Alex. Like, I'm just going to rug it. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm just going to hand the keys over to Hydra, and I'm going to leave peacefully. I'm going to give him the Twitter. I'm going to give him the Discord, and I'm just going to step down. But I am going to take the Mint funds with me. And I said, okay. I mean, dude, at the time, though, the mint fund, it was like 75%. It was like 300-some thousand. We had, they had a big-ass treasury still, even from their other projects. So they still caught like 100,000 of the, of the 300,000. And then I think they had a good bit of the world. They had pretty close to like what it initially collected, but they're still losing like the founder and like, like $300,000 isn't good. Yo, that is a wild story. I have not heard you tell that. Is this the first time you fully told the story, Alex? It, so it, that happens, right? But it gets better. So he's like, I'm going to leave peacefully. So he hands over the Twitter. And then two hours later, he's like, hey, everyone, it's the rugger. I'm rugging this project now from the from the official Twitter account. And like, I fucking hate. And then he goes and like starts like sexually harassing people on the on the account. Like he posts, he docks his pictures of like Magic Eden saying how he would like all this nasty shit. Um, it was disgusting, dude. Like trying to be as polarizing as humanly possible. Um, 
it was just like he went on a, a tirade of just like crazy ass fuck shit. If you didn't see it from that reptile account, it was kind of gross. Um, and he did it with the Bloonsville shit too. Like when the Bloonsville rug, his Twitter account was like he was just like using it to like say gross shit about like the whole like Web three and like hey you guys are all fucking idiots for like buying NFTs and I'm gonna rug you again. Just pathologic shit. So basically, you're advising to a project founded. By someone who was a, a con artist and a sicko. Dude, that that made me have major trust issues. Because, like, I worked with him for two months. And, like, we were friends. Like, I believe we were friends. Um, and, like, I worked on the art really hard. I worked on, like, the Discord really hard. Like, community building really hard. Like, I worked. And we were, like, be, like we developed a friendship. And to realize it was all based upon, a, like, a house of lies. A stack of lies is just, like kind of sad man and i'm like dude i'm like at the end of it all i'm like yeah man i mean you played me well like talking to like the founder i'm like but i know for a fact like you'll never find happiness you'll search for it all of your life and you'll never fucking find it you'll do this and you'll never like you'll it'll never exist in your life like that is what's going to happen for you and it's it's unfortunate because you could be pretty good like you could be pretty good but um a lot of that a lot of that success for the reptiles were was for the alex account like a lot of it but he he'll like claim he did it and like dude my account was going fucking parabolic like right as i right as i signed up as an advisorship and yeah it helped right but it did way more damage than help ever like dude if i had a clean and pristine record i mean i would probably be like a gordon gordon gone would be looking like up at me like god damn this alex guy is good but because i have that nasty battle scar on me um and that's what it is is like a battle scar of this fucking game that we're playing nfts and shit and like that's why i like using that so getting back to answering your question like why do i use that um nft as my pfp because it's like a, a, a it's like a battle score that i wear knowing that alex like never get close to anyone because like friends and web3 do not exist mm, and there is the the famous saying there's no friends in web3 so it's all explained here. He wears the reptile as a battle scar, but the trust issues remain. Good. What do you think about that story? I think the story is wild, man. I mean, I think it 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 makes sense. It makes sense with uh, with what you're doing. I think your platform is kind of a uh, yeah. Your platform is a mixture of uh, truth telling and and vengeance and redemption. All in one. You're you're a goddamn fairy tale. He's a goddamn fairy tale. So I, I think that that does that story does explain a lot about how kind of like the foundations of shill and villain. Um and on the back of that, you know, you, you continue to get to say like, I'm just a thirty dollar PFP. When I hear that, you know, again, this is during the meta of like people are rocking apes that went up to, you know, over almost a half a million dollar floor price. Um, you know, our boy Good Month here has a has a trippy ape. And, you know, there's a certain like kind of idea that starts to form in Web3 that if you have like a valuable PFP, that there's clout that comes with that, that there's like you know, you, you it kind of helps you to become an authority in in the space. But here you are kind of reminding everybody that you don't need that. So, like, can you speak to this message of 
it's just a $30 PFP. Essentially, at one point, you know, you're like, I'm the number one influencer across all blockchains. And you did so with a, a $30 PFP. Like, is that the messaging? Like, what are you trying to tell people when you're saying that? Okay, so this is like playing into the human psyche at this point. And so like, I noticed this in NFTs early on. Like I said, I had like a lot of blue chips um, and I knew like my opinions were getting fucked with. Like I was creating oval ass opinions when they should be circular, like slowly etching out those, but, but they were becoming more and more oval. Like, and why were they becoming oval was because like communities were being built and like immediate sign offs were, were being had. Like I had a shitty ass, I knew it when I did like the shittiest of opinions. And I was like, man, why are people resonating with me? Well, this is this like very cultish community. It's just going to agree with whatever the fuck I have to say. And I was like, I got to push back on this. Like if I want to become a better human, I've got to form an opinion, not based upon like my fucking uh, PFP. Right. So it's like, this goes into like deep human psyche at this point, like social acceptance plays a role and no one is ever going to socially accept a $30 PFP. Like you're, you're, they're going to be able to hold an objective opinion over anything I say with no regards to thinking like, I need to agree with this person says because, you know, a board ape yacht club's cool and I want to be accepted by these other humans. But who wants to be accepted by a third? No one. So I immediately started forming like the best opinions I've ever had based off this because everyone had these fucked up opinions and myself included. Like when I saw an expensive PFP, I immediately like formed an opinion, like gave them the benefit of the doubt every time. So I wanted to make it sure no one gave me the benefit of any fucking doubt when I started coming out with my thoughts and ideas. And so that allowed me to like free, like allowed others to like really attack my ideas, felt very comfortable. There's something to be said about being welcoming. Like, I don't know if you ever go to a club, but if you go to a club and are very welcoming, a lot of people will engage with you. And that, that, that idea goes into like web three, right? If you go and become a $30 PFP, everyone feels better than me. So they feel very comfortable giving me feedback. But if I'm a board API club, a check mark at the time, um, like had like all these resumes, dude, people were scared to get, give me their thoughts and ideas. Like, and all of a sudden my fucking thoughts became skewed and I was directing my ship into fucking icebergs. And so like, I was like, how do I stop doing that? It's simply by removing any type of entitlement, like fortune entitlement was what I'd call using, um, a, a, like an expensive PFP. Um, I try to always not be like quote unquote fame entitlement, but people give me that. And I try to always like, I'm just an equal like you. Um, and then there's also like a seniority entitlement that, that can fuck with opinions and ideas. Well, you know, I've been doing these spaces longer than you, so I'm entitled. So Removing entitlements um, allowed me to become a better version of myself. And one of the entitlements that I think a lot of people have are this like rich entitlement, like an expensive PFP saying, my PFP is more expensive than you. So my opinion is therefore more important than yours. So using a $30 PFP and pushing that narrative as well allowed others to not only think that they need an expensive PFP, like it was freeing for them as well, but it was never for them. It was always about me. What's the, I mean, what's the difference from having a expensive PFP that you may have bought at a cheap price, diamond handed to the top and then just flooded at the top? What would be the difference? Are you saying like if I held the board, so if I minted a board ape and just held it to all the way to the top? Yeah. And then just flooded it. Like, do you think you'd have, you think you would, you think you would circle your, your ovals in the same way? I'm, I, I mean, I imagine it would work that way. I just, it's just easier for me. Um, to just 
never come off that idea. Like th that's the other thing. Like when I used that non-existing NFT, I noticed that as well, that I didn't get off immediate sign-offs, right? People were pushing back way harder. And I, I liked that. I was like, cause it allowed me, uh, well, I don't like, uh, it just allowed me to form a, to get better feedback felt people felt more like easier to engage with me. Cause like, I see it all the time. Like these fucking assholes, like they think that their opinion's right. And people were like almost quote unquote intimidated. It's, it's slowly dying down. But at one point in time, like you had a board API club, you had a, a blue check mark, like I call them blue check mark bandits at the time. Now everyone's got a blue fucking check mark. Thanks, Elon. At least we removed that entitlement. But people were paying like tens of thousands of dollars for blue check marks and crypto punk. Dude, there was like a time there was a cabal of fucking blue check mark bandits. And it was like you had a check mark, you had a crypto punk, you were probably somewhere in Cali, like in the southern home <laughs> like they were working as a cabal, dude. We could get into that if you'd like, but I'm skipping that part. That's in the opinion. That's the shit that gets me in trouble when I start bringing out my opinion. That's anything I say is not true, but yeah, dude, I don't know. I know I never tried it that route. So I imagine work probably some way similar to going like if you bought in cheap and then fight it at the top. Yeah. You know, good. You've, I've heard you say things like sometimes you feel like the PFP is unapproachable, you know, like yeah, for you've sure. had that sentiment. So when you hear Alex say that, you know, by having a PFP that is a quote $30 PFP, and this kind of thing that he gets more like authentic feedback and he people actually have to like listen to what he's saying not give him entitlements like does that resonate with you yeah i mean for sure i think it's it's very similar i, I think it's like it, i think it's the same as like having like having an ape and saying that when you zoom out it all goes to zero like you zoom out far enough it all goes to zero so i feel like it's like a similar approach but you don't get that off the bat like you have to you have to actually talk to someone to hear them FUD their blue chip that they hold um, to get on a level with them versus just come at them like, you know, who the fuck are you? And uh, you kind of hear them on the ground floor quicker, easier. So I, I buy the take. I buy the circle making. The circle making. So here's the, here's the thing, though, Alex. Like, you know, you've made a decision at some point to put time and energy into Twitter spaces. Somewhere along the way, you've identified this like platform, this social media platform as something being valuable enough to put in time. But I think what separated you, one of the things that separated you from a lot of other people who have also like put in time into Twitter spaces is that the, the amount of time, like the amount of spaces, you know, for a long time, I don't know if you're still doing it. It was like four spaces a day, every day. And I'm, I'm sitting there wondering like, is this guy going to like take the day off? When is this? The only time I've ever take, seen you take time off is like when you're flying to another country and then you're like, you know, you're, you're at like in the middle of a conference or something and it wouldn't make sense for you if you're trying to learn stuff. So what's up with this mindset of like, you know, pushing down on the gas harder than everybody else when it comes to something like this? So very interesting that people think like the people think that like Twitter spaces is what I got good at. I was so much better in text, like before spaces, like, and it's funny because it's so transferable, like understanding, like, dude, Twitter is insane for human feedback. You cannot get that much human feedback IRL ever. You're getting thousands of people that you're engaging with daily. And I was like in the replies, instead of like voicing, 
uh, every single reply I was reading, understanding, comprehending, and I knew exactly how to say, what to say, when to say to every single reply, like to to ensure like they would feel a certain way. Uh, I, like I could invoke any type of emotion through text at one point in time. And then that happened once again through voice. And like, I feel like there's going to be a paradigm shift where I go to video and I'll be able to do the exact same thing. But like, as it sits right now, like text and voice, I can invoke any emotion because of the amount of human feedback that I've received through Twitter engagement. And that only happens because of how many fucking people, like right now I'm at 80,000 tweets. So I imagine like that's 80,000 like interactions that I've had in the course of like two years maybe. And like, that's just me replying. And I know I've read more than I've replied. Like understanding the human psyche through Twitter has been like something that if you, if, if I would highly recommend everyone do like just go down a journey through Twitter for just like a little bit and just understand the human mind at like a level you'll never be able to understand until you like fully engage with every single fucking person on this application that you can. And so like I was really, really good at text. I still really, really am good at text, although I just don't do it that much. Um, like they don't really engage with many people. But now it's just too time consuming. So normally I just put out like a fucking general ass tweet and just fuck off. I mean, like maybe like one or two replies and you're lucky if I reply at this point in time because I just don't have time. Not that I choose to not t- reply, it's just the time is too time constraining. I've already, and it's like, you ever play a game in easy mode? It's like, it's so fucking easy that it's like not even fun to play anymore. Like text tweets are just so unfun for me. It's more of like a discipline at this point and like no enjoyment comes from it because like learning is cat, like it's like percentages of learning when you try something new is extremely high. Like when, when you play ping pong for the first time, you, you learn 70% of the game within like the first week by the second week you have learned 15 percent, and then like your skill right your, your understanding learning curves so where's your yes. learning curve now so space is 900 episodes your learning curves got to be smashed yeah like so like learning like finding those last percentiles i don't even know if they exist at this point in time and it's like i'm on such an easy mode it's very very difficult for me to give a fuck like i am at a discipline level now like there's nothing to be gained as far as like learning what i can learn as far as like talking and listening understanding and replying like the percentages i'm working with are such a fucking fraction at this point it's like how much further can i really fucking go alex like is there really an opportunity to learn more here like is there really I I don't know. Um, I'm like like you said, but at the time, why was I doing so fucking many? Because my learning curve from text to voice, there was a learning curve, and it was a very very enjoyable to do like four spaces and like understanding how to say it, when to say it, and 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 that is all transferable skills. Like it doesn't stop at Twitter. Like reading, responding doesn't stop on Twitter. Like this can be used anywhere in life. This can be used in a podcast where I can just simply read everything, listen to everything you're saying, and reply perfectly. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's just that I have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of audio conversation with – this is like the best part of it all is that it's with thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So I know exactly what people want to hear, what – what like and, and so like if I'm wanting to capture an audience, which I no longer give a fuck about that anymore, like – the fuck's given. Why to like do you? Why pick. do you not care? Why do you not care anymore? 
that was that had to be a, a, a huge dopamine driver for you to start dude i was such like i was like how do i get more fucking listeners dude there's a bunch of learning moments that i had throughout the course of all this and i was like the easiest way to do it was bring in these big ass fucking influencers bring them up on stage and have conversation with them even if they fucking sucked have conversation with them because I knew they had a big following and I knew there was a chance that their following would come in and tune in. And so that's how I, and then like, there was like something to be said about having projects that have minted out. There's been something like, there's, there's definitely like how to build like a community and audience. There's definitely that plays a role, but it also comes with reliance and breaking reliances. Like not even creating reliance is the best thing ever. Like if, if I can go out and do something with, zero reliance and the only reliance is on my fucking self then i will never have the opportunity costs like there'll never be like some type of um reliance that can be broke if it's just simply me but to do it by yourself or by myself is so much more fucking difficult but it's unbreakable like there's okay like if i do it by myself like i have no one to blame but me so Learning how to do something by myself is like a new thing that I've learned that I need to do, like with zero fucking reliance. I saw when you were having some pretty big influencers on the spaces and your spaces started to blow up in volume a number of people participating. And then I watched you pull back from that. And I think I heard you say like, it sets kind of expectations that you don't want to have to like keep up with and things like that. So... You know, like, I remember, for example, like, you had Beanie Maxi on the space, and that was, like, a pretty pretty big space. And then I think after that, you were kind of like, you know what, like, I'm not going to go and try to get big guests onto the stage. Is that accurate? Uh, no, Beanie, Beanie, so when I stopped bringing on big guests, it was a long time ago, like, way, way early days. Like, I remember I had every big-ass Solana influencer and... um on a space with an AMA dude. And I was like 2000 fucking plus listeners. And I was like, yeah, like I was like so happy and shit, like getting big ass fucking spaces. Uh, these are like way early days. People probably don't remember these, but these, these days, these happen. And it was because of like all the things that all the pieces that I placed together created a big ass audience. Like, and then one day I had a fucking big influencer and like, I was pretty much at that point I was just like, doing whatever the fuck they said because I had to to bring in an audience. Like, I created all these reliance on, the, on these fuckers like, that I didn't even, like, enjoy really to be around and it was like, I didn't, like, like them. Like, they were doing, like, all these weird-ass soft shields throughout the course of everything and I was like, fuck. And it was like, just a trade-off in my mind. I'm like, like if I want them on there, they're going to do these little stupid-ass and I'm like, I can't cut them off because then they're all the entitlements, like, all that fame entitlement comes out of them and then they're like, well, you can't cut me off because I'm a fucking influencer. And so one day I was, um, I was actually at a conference, but I didn't, I still hosted a space, but I hosted a space and I let someone else co-host and I was like, Hey, I actually can't be on the space. I'm going to remain muted. I need you to carry this space for like one hour and like, got it too easy. Cause people, yeah, anyways, um, but they're bringing up people and I'm just simply removing people like just for funsies. Because I'm sitting there at, like, the dinner table, and, like, they're talking at dinner. I'm not listening to them. Like, whatever, dude. Like, enjoy your drinks. Like, I'm just here. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm more important, like, just paying attention to my phone, having fun. I'm not listening to the space at all. I don't know who's talking. And I have this 
whack-ass like android and it doesn't even show really who comes off mute but i'm just like one by one removing adding removing adding and like just fucking with people because whatever but i removed this big influencer and apparently they were like mid-conversation and they lose their fucking mind they lose their fucking mind they leave the space and they're like, I can't believe Alex would remove me from this fucking space. And then a hate space then boils up. And there's like 100 people in the fucking hate space. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I'm like, all because you got removed from speaker, you're going to create like this hate space and like drum up this weird ass narrative that I fucking hate you, which is just not true. But it is what it is. Um, if that's the narrative you want to go with. That's fine. Like trying to grandstand that I removed them from speaker like. Okay, bro. Like, are you referring to the space entitled "The Truth About Chill and Dylan? No, 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 no. There's that's a whole story in itself, dude. This is um, this is not like as big as influencers, Frank. This is like a a midfluencer, but regardless, a midfluencer nonetheless. And like, I would always bring them up because I was like, you know, like they bring in, they're gonna bring in their their following. Like these are early days. These are really early days. These are, but still, like spaces were popping and like bring up big influencers and then that moment on i was like i'm just gonna fucking send them all to zero no influencer is coming up on spaces and i was like only people with a thousand followers will be speaking on spaces from this moment on like i'm not going to create a reliance on any type of influencer like ever again and then all of a sudden all this influencer pushback came on me like holy fuck alex isn't bringing me up for speaker people were freaking the fuck out and they were like why is this fucking person that has no following and it was because, like, I just didn't want to create alliances on influencers. And then, dude, like, there's all these transitions, dude. Like, there was, like, things that I've kept on trying and tuned in with things. And, like, I pretty much became a master at all of them. And, like, one-on-one conversation, 10-person conversation, AMAs, found – like, I mastered it all. Um, and now I'm, like, what is there left to master? So now I'm, like, very information-driven uh like if if i can find someone that's filled with information it's like my favorite thing to do like if they have like a ton and ton of crypto information i like really look forward to it but dude even the people that are like subject matter experts on like cryptos and shit dude they can't hold a flame like i'm like damn like i'm i'm working with like who know like if we had like an informational conversation like like percentages of people on this fucking app like they can hold like a like deep dove as far as I am into crypto at the moment is like working with like micro percentages. It's like, fuck dude. And that, that had, that like correlates to people's attention span. Is that kind of what you're getting at? It's just like people, people bite on arg one and they don't go arg two, arg three or do anything of substance behind it. Is that kind of what you're hitting on? I um actually don't give a fuck about people's attention span at this point. I don't give a fuck about anyone. At this point, like, it's like... So this is like a personal observation that I've had in terms of Twitter. You know, I think a lot of people have Twitter followings. But something about, you know, the way that you talk or the way that, you know, you come off that I I specifically think that you have fans. Like, you, you have fans on Twitter. A lot of people have following on Twitter. And I think about that, I'm like... What's going on here? Like, I used to listen to Howard Stern, and I used to drive. I had this job. I had to get up super early in the morning, 
and I and I drive and I hated it. And I, but I would I put on Howard Stern and I would listen to that and it would kind of like help while I was driving. And the thing with Howard Stern is like the expectation wasn't that like he was gonna like provide like all this like crazy actionable information or or it was it was just entertainment. People loved the way that Howard talked and they loved the way that he would just like clown on subjects and make things fun and make people laugh. And I think that that's, that's kind of like what's going on with your spaces, dude. People like to tune in and they just, honestly, when I tune in and, and I come up on your spaces on the stages, sometimes I prefer not to. Sometimes I like to just sit there and fucking laugh to myself. Cause I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's funny. Now, where this has got to is you have these like loyal listeners, you know, and very recently you and a couple of other folks involved, Books, Sweeper, and Bark Meta, you guys have been marketing for the network coin. Now, you've used the term network for months now in in regards to the community that you've been curating in regards to the people who've been tuning into the spaces and as as we record this there's been over 1.3 million dollars of ethereum transferred to a multi-sig wallet and nobody really knows what's to come next other than just that there's going to be some type of quote meme coin and we heard today, I popped into a Discord, and this is like a pretty interesting phenomenon because Discord is known for text chatting. Some, you know, some people, you know, occasionally will hold like voice spaces, but I jumped into this stage, it's what it's called in Discord, and there was over 600 people tuned in on Discord to listen to what you guys had to say about network coin. So when you're talking about learning and the next big learning curve, it sounds to me like that's what's in front of you right now with the launching or the participation in launching this token. So when I tweeted a couple of times about network coin, I got in the replies, oh, these guys are, th these guys are scammers and this and that. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm not aware of anything that they've scammed. So I think that that's just like a mindset that people have on Twitter is that they attack things that they don't like or they don't understand. So my first question is, Alex, what do you have to say to anybody that looks at the $1.3 million worth of Ethereum that was raised to this multi-sig wallet and says, this is a scam? Uh, the fact that people put in one point. What is it? It's at 1,357,000, over 4,000 participants. The fact that 4,000 people trust the $30 PFP, I have questions for the people that trust these people. Like, what the fuck are you guys thinking right now? I, and the, things that, the thing that makes it the most upsetting of all is that no one actually gives a fuck. The, no one's like, hey, where's my network token? Nobody's doing that. I have to go out and, and go out to the fucking time like, yo, like, where's my network token? Like, I have to try to push this fucking narrative like, hey, we haven't got our network token, guys. Are you guys not concerned? No one fucking gives a fuck. Like, no, I think this 1.3 million could have vanished. And, uh, uh, what's, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> like, it's insane. It's actually insane. Doing cool shit's kind of like my goal in life now. Uh, what is cool shit? Well, putting out a multi-sig and raising 1.3 million is pretty fucking cool, man. I don't know too many people that could do it. I mean, yeah, there's people that are dropping wallets and doing something similar, but I think it's a lot of fraudulent activity. 
dude, what we did was completely fucking organic. And a lot of people like believe in the $30 PFP or like the fake Rolex salesman or the glorified cameraman. It's books, Bark and Alex. And then there's two one docs people. Uh, and they're just going to do a shit coin, dude. Like there's no like smoke and mirrors saying that like, Hey, this is like generational wealth. We've got the, we got like utility that's going to blow your fucking mind. So you, you're, so you're, you're not like really anonymous, like you're docs to people who have met you at these events, but you remain doxed, like on, you remain undoxed online. Like, how do you like walk the line of that? How are you approaching that? So I'm like never scared to dox, right? I'm, like, it's just not it. But at the same time, I never wanted to use, this goes back to like forming circular opinions versus oval opinions. Like one of the other things I saw is people were immediately saying, like, I have my master's degrees or I have this, I have that. And like trying to use those fucking thingies, like, like those, like, like trying to use those to validate their opinion. So like, I thought it was very important that no one knew anything about my so they had nothing to judge me on other than my fucking opinion and that was it like i never wanted anyone to know my background or like who i was or just for the simple fact of personal growth and like dude what ended up happening like i now have the most like best opinion i could have on like literally everything because of this like the amount of feedback people have given me allows me to form a very, very unbiased opinion on literally everything. And it's, it's really, um, like now it's like, I don't like giving my opinion on things. Like I, I don't, I like to just try to do information driven, but it, sometimes people ask me for my opinions and I always try to like push back on it. Like, I don't want to give my opinion. Like I, I can control it. So getting back to the network token. Right. It's, it's, you know, people are not, it sounds like from your perspective, like people are just down to fuck around and find out and FAFO. And the interesting thing is like, there, there are people who've been following and listening in and spending time already, a lot of them like in, in your spaces. And so I do wonder a little bit if they think to themselves, well, Look, this guy's this this guy's provided so much entertainment value to me over the last six months. So what? You know, I throw like you know point two ETH into this thing and see what happens. If it doesn't work out, oh well. Like I'm already getting all this free entertainment uh, and this kind of thing. But like on on your side, you know, there is this risk that you know if things don't go well. Uh, could it could it fracture the community? Could it disappoint the community? Could it be counterproductive to what you've built so far? So, dude, my PFP is a hard rug, like a hard as fuck rug. Like the founder gets up and leaves. Like I have zero issue with like any type of like downfall in price. Like a, so, the way I look at Pepe, for instance, a green candle builds the community a red candle destroys the community right now it is printing destroying community candles but before that that community was built off green and red candles it was built and destroyed this community the network community was not built that way it was built through all sorts of fucked up shit dude that's a whole like story in itself how this community was built and so like it's it's at the point the network token could go to fucking zero and the network community is still there. Like that's an industry. No amount of red candles 
will ever be able to break that community. I'm so fucking sure of it. Like, it, 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 the tokens at zero, that network community doesn't give a fuck, dude. The amount of fuckery that that community has been through, it made me like, it was like, like yeah, dude, like, this is the right thing to do. Like, tokenize the community. And, like, it's going to elevate the community. Like, they're going to feel like they now have a skin in the crypto game. And at the same time, maybe support my thoughts. Like for some, like I don't think that, like I don't think that, that um, regardless, it's like tokenizing a community and maybe like I can like help a little bit from that community because they've taken, they've eaten shit for free for the last nine months. And it was built off a bunch of selflessness, a bunch of like the best communities on that fucking app is in the network, dude. Like, the best... And I'm Why do you say that they've dude, eaten shit for free? Dude, like, the whole... Like, you can go look at the biggest influencers. Like, they make fun of people that have, like, a question mark in, in their name. I'm like, dude, like, they, they're, like, very humble people. Like, the most selfless people I've met on this app. And, dude, when I first started the network, it was never meant to do anything other than, like, me grab extra engagement uh, from people like, Hey, I'm doing a fucking free launch. Who wants in? I'm doing a fucking, and I kept on like rotating what it was and it was never supposed to be real. And then it became very real when I saw like people like really, really got upset with like certain things. And like, I had people like crying to me, like, because they're like, I'm sorry, Alex, like, I had to remove like this question mark from my name, like in tears, like private calls, like private messages. I'm like, God damn. Like, I'm sorry that happened. Like, I would definitely just, it's just like, a, it's not real. Like, you can remove the question. Like, like it's okay. Um, but so, like, yeah, like nine months of that shit. And, and dude, okay, so what I wanted to do, so eventually it was a meme, and then it became not a meme, right? It became like, it was like, um, there was a point in time that, dude, my, my own job when I was working, like, they were freaking out. Like, this guy's moonlighting us. I'm like, yo, guys, like, chill. Like, it's just simply me, like, trying to get my social engagement higher. Like, it's going to benefit you guys because if my social engagement is higher, then your guys' social engagement. So, like, let me continue building this out and just continue to build up my social engagement through this. And But then there was a point in time where it, it got to be more than just a meme. Like, and I was like, okay, what I see in all these fucking NFT communities, they're not built with very much perseverance. And the fucking first green or the red candle, they're scattering. Like, the community's gone. Like... How can we, how can we, how can we remove that with the perseverance? Like how do we build a persevered community before we fucking launch? And so insert the network list. I was adding and removing people from the network list, like trying to like, trying to get like that perseverance built up like as high as humanly fucking possible. Like, like you're added, you're removed, you're added, removed, rad removed, like fucking with people's emotions to where like if a red candle came, they didn't give a fuck. If a green candle came, they didn't give a fuck not giving a fuck what it did. They wanted to just be a part of it. So was building that out. And then um, it got to, it went parabolic as fuck. It went like insane. Like every fucking human on crypto Twitter was putting it in there. Like any fucking human that came in contact with me was putting that question mark in their name. And then that's where I think like people that had like no reason to think it was in competition felt like it was competing with them and it was stealing their attention. And then like that's when like the whole truth of the show and villain like when it went extreme parabolic dude like to levels that were just you couldn't be ignored that's when you had like the biggest fucking founder platform every fucking scammer 
that hated me, like actual fucking scammer, like doing undisclosed payments, like telling people they're bullish, but they're selling, like all that fuckery that I had once encountered before, they finally had their chance to like take the cheapest shot they could at at, at me. And at the time, dude, I was working for a company that was paying me like $70,000 a year and just, dude, minding my own business, um, picking up dog shit and just speculating on NFTs and crypto. And to watch like, to watch it all like happen, dude, I end up like a lot of shit ended that day. Like, like my, my con, my employer was like doxxed and like, they got like blown up saying like, Alex is a piece of shit from like all these accounts. Um, I had to like talk to them and like explain to them the situation. And then it came to like, I was like, guys, like I'm going to step away. Like, it's not worth it. Like I'm perfectly fine. Like, no, no, like we can work it out. Like, I'm like, no, trust me. Like it's, it's like, it's cool. Like, like I was already getting way bigger offers than 70 K, but it's because I liked the founder. Like I, that's the person that brought me into salon was that, that founder. So he was like, showed me salon. I'm like, all right, dope. Like you're the reason why I even got to where I'm at. So I feel like I was like owed it to you. Right. And like, it's like nothing not from off my back. Like I was just social media marketing for these people. Um, but I was like, dude, it's like 70 K like now, dude, I blindly make over six figures. Like you wouldn't even know what I do, but I do it anyways. Like I'm like working, like I, I make it all transparent that I'm like either affiliated or sponsored or any type of, like, I'm not trying to do any undisclosed shit. That's for sure. Don't need to. Like I only work with legitimate products in web three. Like you will, that is the only people. And, and that's, that's just the way it is. Like, I don't need to do those stupid ass undisclosed shit that my favorite influencer loves to do. Like, and they hate that. I don't have to like, cause they, they, they settle for less like they settle for way less they don't even understand if they would not settle just like at step one like step two and three are worth settling like not settling for step one but they can't they can't help themselves they, they the first thing they get thrown their way they're taking and i'm like dude if you say no like one time real opportunity comes after that like just turn the fucking first thing that i've ever thrown your way say no to it they can't figure it out whatever i don't feel the need but yeah so like my employer like yo alex like and i'm gonna tell him like no it's fine dude I don't need to be here. You guys don't need to take any damage. So like, they're like, just, okay. They're like, just play it cool, calm and collective. Like try it. Like, don't say anything. I'm like, all right, cool. But everyone at the time was like, Alex, say something like, please do something. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to say shit. I'm going to try to just pretend like that night never happened. Um, and then like day or two goes by, like people are now outraged at my fucking company. Like, cause the, like, they came out with this like tweet and they were saying something like Shillin villain just works for us. He's not like wrecked. And then like the whole fucking people that fucked with me were like, fuck you symbol. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it got to like a point where like they contact me again. Like, all right, Hey Alex, you need to apologize to Frank. I was like, that's not fucking happening. Like that's not fucking happening. Um, and he's like, okay. Then we're gonna have to let you go. I'm like, dude, what? I asked to leave like three days ago. Like, what are we fucking doing here? Like, okay, whatever. Why was Frank so upset? Uh, he thought we were in competition, dude. There was like subliminal competitions that happened once before this, and he like tried to bury me once before. Like, he thinks like if it's not him getting the attention, like it's like competition. He's like so competitive, and I'm like, dude, I'm not in competition with you. Like, it's not a competition. He used to come on your spaces, and I remember that I think it was just like that one time. Like, I don't know, you didn't let him up. It was something small. That's what led to it. So 
I got really upset with him, right? Um, after the whole Utes thing that I um, I allowed him to speak on spaces on the Utes. Like, did a ton of AMAs with him on Utes. Like, they were the most happening spaces. Um, like, it was a benefit for both, right? Well, it was just a benefit for me, but it was also benefiting him. But, dude, you weren't going to get on a bigger space than one with Alex. Like, just not happening. Even to this day, dude, like, I can create virality spaces, like, so simple. Uh, but what's the point? Create a viral space to do what? What, am I going to shill an undisclosed payment all over everyone? No, dude. Fuck that. Like, fuck that. People probably would. If they could, they would, for sure. Um, I'm already seeing it with some viral spaces, soft shilling, like, all this undisclosed bullshit. I'm like, oh, keep me away from this shit. Man, I went on a couple spaces with the network shit to talk about it, which goes against everything that I always do. Like, I don't like going to other spaces. Dude, it's literally more of the same. I was going to go on, like, a little world tour about the network. Fuck that, man. I've given up on people. Like, I go on the Farouk space, dude, immediately. Like, talk about, yeah, Alex, like, what you're doing here? Like, what's, what's going on with the network? Like, uh, it's just like a fucking shit coin, bro. Like, what's good? Oh, oh, guys, by the way, I pinned on the top. Uh, here's this, uh, if you go to this link, uh, you're going to check. I'm like, dude, are you seriously doing this right now? Like, you're actually going to soft shill in the middle of all this. I'm like, your space was at 200. When we joined, it went to 800. Like, can you not, like, can you not do that? Like, you're going to make me hate everyone else because of you. So I thought that Farouk was doing a stand-up thing by, you know, inviting you to, to hear you out on his space. But you're saying, you know, a bunch of people joined. Oh, my God. Facts. Up the space. Hold on. And, and so I didn't put this together. And that you felt like he used that opportunity to soft shill and you didn't appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Like, I can go to any space. Like, people don't know this, right? People, I guess they don't know this. But, like, dude, of course they want outs on their space, dude. Like, of course. Like, it adds in like 400 people to, for them to liquidate on. Like, 400 to 500 are coming to their space and they're soft shilling all over them. And then that's all they want is like, they don't give, like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, if I want it, right, I could go and make men's with Frank today. I could be like, yo, Frank, let's just, let's just hash it out, bro. Like, let's just go. I could, but I'm not going to. Like, and sometimes I have to show people, like, okay, like, I'll go to a Farouk space. I'll go and then, like, okay, look what just happened. Like, he just soft shilled. Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, just don't need to, don't want to, don't have to. Like, we can do another multi-sig and do 1.3 more million, I bet. And another multi-sig and then another multi-sig because people trust me. Like, but that comes at a cost. It comes at me not going to other spaces. Like, it comes, like, just, dude, you don't, like. So you feel like by staying in your own lane and not participating in other people's spaces and things like that, that then you don't have to incur the liabilities of what they choose to do with that attention, basically. Is that what you think? By staying in your own lane, then you stay in control, less people to trust, less people, less reliance. Right. Um, first of all, like, if I go to a space, dude, I'm stealing your fucking community. Like... <laughs> Bro, it's not even it's not even a question, man. Like, you got your little fucking fire going, dude. I'm coming in like a fucking bonfire. Like, what the fuck? Like, every time I come into a space, like, what the fuck was that? I was shyland violent, dude. Like, it's just like parabolic. Like, fucking, you can't look away. And then your whole community is my community. Like, they're gonna stop coming to you. And they're gonna start coming to me. And like, just for your own sake, actually, for your own protection, so you keep your own community that you can liquidate all over. I just won't go to your space because. I already know, like, people want to hear what I have to say more than you. And it's whatever, dude. Like, not like, like, people may think that's cocky. That's whatever. Like, it's just whatever. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like cocky for sure. But 
there's a point to it that, yeah, like the, the Faroque spaces in the morning, usually getting like a couple hundred people in there. You joined, there was 800 people in there. We kind of, it's facts. So why did you decide to, why did you agree to jump on the podcast with me? Well, I wouldn't have agreed if you would have said there was like some shitty promo ran at the beginning of it because you guys are so down bad. I'm like, well, I got, they got nothing to gain from me, right? They like, well, they can't shill anything. Like, I was like, fuck it, dude. Like, let's go join on the podcast. And you always joined on the spaces and I always thought your takes were really poor. <laughs> yeah. I always thought you were like some cabal ass motherfucker. Like, uh, like, you know, I don't believe you when you say that. Really? There, you know, there, when, when you speak, I, I notice when you're on spaces, like, like sometimes you're saying like genuine, authentic stuff. And I think sometimes you're just saying things to say them because you know that they're going to get a reaction. And I'm going to chalk up that last take as one of those times. No. You shill things. It's like conveniently timely. Like you came on and shilled those checks at the Pico Top. And then you went MIA thereafter. And dude, not only did you shill them at the Pico Top, the way you shilled them, like, you know, guys, we're going to look back at these checks as a missed opportunity and the biggest missed opportunity of the year because what butcher's doing is things that no one else is doing in the space and at these prices yeah we're just gonna look back at the end of the year and be like i can't believe we didn't buy more and then it did fucking proceed to tank and dude i bought like i don't know how many i bought i bought enough to get pissed off and like where the fuck is facts at like where is where the fuck is this guy at the reason that so so first of all like i think the takes irrespective of the price, I think the takes were correct. And I think we're seeing that play out with checks and Opepin. Like Jack Butcher is a a distinct founder, creator into space. And I think a lot of people are are catching on to that. The reason that I kind of like dipped from your spaces is because the takes that I was getting were focused on the fact that the price was going down. And it was fucking up my, like, you know, mentality when I didn't see anything changing other than the price. And so I wanted to remain focused on the conviction and not hear a bunch of people telling me I'm an idiot. And so that was kind of the thing, right? You, when you have conviction and you have, like, takes like that, like, you, you got to keep those takes pure. Like, otherwise, they get contaminated with down bad mentality, which is what was happening. Um, that being said, you know, I think it's still early enough in the year to see. And this space, you know, th- this uh, podcast isn't about Jack Butcher NFTs. It's about you. And I do really appreciate the time that you took to hop on here. I know you're busy. You're in the middle of this network token launch, uh, which bottom line, it's exciting, man. It's interesting to me. This is a new phenomenon. When you look at what Ben ETH did, and this guy raised way more money than you, and he didn't spend at all the amount of time that you did to like build community. And I think that we saw the consequence of that was like he made a bunch of missteps and made some mistakes here that I think a lot of people have lost confidence of what he's doing. So 
Have you looked at that Ben.eth kind of phenomenon, what he's done with with uh, Ben token, PSYOP token, loyal token, whatever's going on? Have you? Do you have some takeaways from that? Dude, the first space he did was with me. Like, people don't know this, but he joined a space with me. Um, his, like the Ben token went 7x overnight, like 687% or something like that. I told everyone in the space to buy. The holder count went from 4,000 to 10,000 overnight. And then he proceeded to become a psychopath. He was like in contact with me. Like we were calling privately. He has like, he was DMing me, texting me. Like he wanted to get me on board. Like it's like a, and just like realizing I played myself and just watch him just like this tyrannical fucking disaster I let loose on the fucking and I watched all these shitty ass influencers try to just keep on platforming him for the sense of engagement and just like I never wanted to talk to him ever then after that day like and same with BitBoy and uh yeah like whatever short term congratulations you're draining liquidity pools inserting them into the next token and like trying to do like insert drain liquidity pool from a insert into uh lpb and then drain liquidity pool a b and then insert it into liquidity pool c and like fucking over a and b to benefit c and then continuing down this path of drain liquidity pool drain liquidity pool drain liquidity pool and to how far it goes i'm, I'm not sure um I mean, I could easily do that. Like, I could easily do that, but I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, like, he's not going to get anything from that. Like, that's the, that's not the answer, dude. Like, like what, what really comes from that? Like, you're going to make millions of dollars? Like, okay, we could do the same thing. Like, we could literally. I think, I think Ben, like, there wasn't, like, a lot of expectations because we didn't really know what this cab was capable of. But BitBoy... I think there was a lot of expectations because we know he's very experienced. And I know that you even, you know, like supported the idea that he was going to get involved with Bencoin. And man, did this like all go sideways, dude? Like to the point where now recently BitBoy is like publicly breaking up with, with Ben.eth. And I don't know anymore. It got real messy real quick. Are you surprised about the way that things went even after BitBoy was involved? Dude, I'm... Dude, the only reason why I platformed... Dude, you can... Anyone can say what they would like. Dude, Ben.eth, before we platformed them, like, before we all bought in, it was getting, like, less than 50 fucking likes, dude. And then overnight, like, after that space, dude, like, I was, like, um, I had everyone buy in, dude. Like, everyone that I fucked with bought in liked retweeted um and to watch him just like this is gross and, and the only reason right the only reason dude what's been it's been like two thousand people and like the space was already like blowing up for other reasons but like towards the end like i heard bitboy uh he hopped on the space and like ben hopped on the space and we were like talking about this token and i was like giving extreme sign-offs on it like normally I don't sign off on shit and the only reason why I signed off on it was because BitBoy signed off on it. And I'm like, yo, BitBoy's been on YouTube for the last like 10 fucking years. And he was shilling shitcoin early days, got so much shit for it. He's not going to do it again. Like this has staying power. You know, Ben.eth is the founder and then BitBoy's just kind of like on the side helping market it. 
and that's how it's going to be. And to watch it all unfold, um, I'm disgusted with BitBoy. I, I, I really was indifferent on Ben. Like I didn't know if he was like a decent or like I obviously found out he's a piece of shit. Um, but like BitBoy, I was really like I was really rooting for BitBoy, and like to watch him just do this fuckery is like for what, dude? Like really, BitBoy, you already like have sponsorships with Steak. You know, you already have, like, an extremely successful YouTube. And for you to get doing this fuck shit, man, like, you need replaced and erased immediately. Yeah, it was disappointing to see. But I think that there's there's some things to learn from that. And hopefully you can take those things away with what you're building with uh, network. So, Alex, I really appreciate your time here. Uh, we got deep into the truth about Shill and Villain. Do you have any departing words to leave with our listeners today? Sure. Um, the network, yeah, I'll take a shameless shill for the network. I think it's probably going to be like the biggest shit coin of all time. Like, not out the gate. Like, uh, but like the foundation that it's built upon is indestructible. And, like, elevating that foundation, I think, will be very, very easy. Like, short-term price action is, like, not predictable. You can't predict it no matter what, no, how, 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 no matter how good I am at price prediction. It's just, it's unpredictable. Um, but uh, we've already, like, Books, Bark, and Alex, of that $1.3 none of us are touching. Like, that's always going to remain with the project, like, in some shape or form, right? We've already said 10% of that will be used for development. So you can you can take away 130K from the 1.3 million and assume it's going to be used for just the development. 5% is going to be used for the current shitcoin. The other 5% is if for some reason we're like, okay, we want to be more than a shitcoin. That's not... That doesn't mean we're not going to be more than a shitcoin because especially right now with SEC, like literally cracking down on everything, the best thing you can be is a shitcoin. Like these other projects that are out right now, like Ape, Dust, all these big blue chips are possibly going to get fucked up. And if we can just not get fucked up, man, that, that that's a benefit in itself. So building out utility is like very scary in these conditions. Um, getting the, that security tag, you literally erase Americans from your project. And I feel like just staying a shitcoin may be the best thing we do going for it. So, like five percent is being used to set up a contract, like this, the, the the contract for the token, the website, the claim, and then everything else, dude. Like none of the team is getting paid any of that Ethereum. None of the team is getting. No one like. I'm making sure no one gets a free fucking network token. Not a single one of the original supply should be, will be given to a single fucking person for free. That's my commitment is like of the original supply. Now, like there will be like liquidity pool fees that are collected like 0.3% on Uniswap. I don't know what those tokens are going to do. Um, that's That's really hard to say, but it's like anyone can set up an LP. It's not like project specific can collect these fees anyone can collect fucking fees you can anyone can but like comparing it to pepe right 6.9 percent of the team uh went to the team and that is at the top that's over like 117 million dollars went to the team 
And I'm thinking to myself, we can be better, guys. Like, we can be fucking better. Like, Pepe right reached a $1.7 billion market cap. Like, all we have to do is be less greedy than them fuckers. We already have a better community. Their community was simply built off green bars and red bars. Dude, ours was built through, like, perseverance, time, something that just cannot be recreated overnight, which Pepe was. And I'm like, yo, they reached a $1.7 billion. We can, like... I don't know where this fucking network community can go, but I'm like super excited to like get into it. Um, I would highly suggest if you're not ex- at least exposed to the network, like get a little bit of exposure. That would be like kind of like, that's not financial advice. Just getting like, dude, you don't have to go like crazy ape shit. Like I'm not projecting like we're going to 10X overnight, but I I know we got at least, well, who's going to be here? Like, the three people I'm with, like, Books, Bark, and Alex, dude, we're here every fucking day. And, like, now we have a product at least to show up. Dude, we were eating shit for fucking free forever. Like, that fucking network shit was a free fucking thing for fun. And we were eating massive amounts of shit for it. Every influencer was, like, talking mad shit, including facts. He once had a question mark. Let it be known. <laughs> he capitulated. He, I guess he ate too much free shit. He's like, man, fuck this shit. I ain't supporting this. But <laughs> yeah, too much, too much free shit. I mean, I think this concept of like a perseverant community being built ahead of time, it is different. And I think it's intriguing. And you guys are on spaces all the time. You are very present. And so these two big pieces of the puzzle that a lot of other projects lack, one is a persevering community that's built before in in the absence of a product. Nobody joined those spaces and joined the network because of that they thought that they were going to financially benefit by being given something. So you have this like this native community that was built through perseverance. And then you have another big piece of the puzzle that a lot of projects miss, which is social media marketing competency. Right. So you have that before you actually have a product, you're kind of like flipping this whole script on its head here. So that's, that's why I'm intrigued about it. Um, I am participating and I, you know, look, I wish the best for you guys and for the community and hats off to the community for, you know, being such a force and to you, Alex, for frankly, like showing that by fucking putting your head down and working hard and being present and not succumbing to all of the, you know, greedy types of things that happen in the DMs. You know, I think that's been your hallmark. So it's like the anti-influencer, influencer, you know, launching like the anti-shitcoin, shitcoin. It's kind of an interesting paradox. I love to see it. Um, with that, man... I appreciate your time. Thanks for sh- coming on the show. Uh, I think that people generally know where to find you, but if not at Shillin Villain on Twitter, we'll be looking out for your spaces. We'll be looking out for this network coin launch. So appreciate your time, man. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Good. That was, that was a lot. That was a lot. Dude, let me get your first reaction here. Autobiography signed by him. I mean, it's good. It, it, it's interesting to hear his story. I think he gave a lot of uh, information on his background. He makes a lot of sense to me now. I think that I think this will really be helpful to some people. 
uh, to understand what gets him up in the morning. Like he likes going at people's necks when he feels they deserve it. Uh, he's a regulator, right? He's like a social regulator. I also think there's some there's some incomplete thoughts there. Like I, there's a lot of things I want to kind of double click on that I didn't necessarily get answers on, but there's always time. There's always time to go back and get those. Yeah, you're right. And I think that there was some stories in there that probably nobody's ever heard before. I mean, granted, you got to keep in mind that Alex has been on Twitter spaces for hours, hours and hours and hours. And so if he sat down with us and gave us some takes, some input that he has not shared before, I think that that's phenomenal. You know, I, I appreciate it. And I do think he's got like a tall task here having collected this money or being part of a team or doing marketing for a team that has collected this money because, you know, it's true that like maybe the followers of the network, the network, you know, would be fine with whatever the outcome is of this coin or, or what have you. But like the reality is, if if people lose money, you know, they're not going to enjoy that and they may blame him for that or other people involved for that. Like, what's your take on that? I think he is going to faffle, you know? I think he's going to he's gonna figure it out. He said that his community, uh, he's built perseverance in his community. He made comments that, like, red candles are not going to define his community and that they'll be fine with red candles. I would challenge him, you know, to possibly hold the money back, use it as an actual operating treasury, and open the LP at very low cost and let his let his community bid that thing up. Um, if he feels that this community has that much perseverance built into it, I think that would be an interesting experiment. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean. I don't I I don't think you can I don't think you can fade this guy. Like he has a following that he's built. Anybody who puts an emoji next to their name because they want to identify with a platform that somebody has has started and continually shown up for, you can't fade that person. Like we had this this conversation about Kevin Rose on the last episode at the beginning and you said NGMI or GMI. And I said, at this point, you know, kind of, I think it stopped sliding and you have to GMI because the cult of Kevin Rose and Kevin Rose has a history prior to NFTs. Shillin Villain showed up. I mean, to my knowledge, first time I heard about him was October of 2022. And he's built a platform that people show up for. They're dedicated to. And I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you can fade that. Also, I'd love to get to the the root of him and Frank. Like, I'd actually like to pull out the shovel and, and dig up those roots because I think that both of those people get uh, unfair takes against them without people sitting down and really trying to understand what they're, what they're all about. Like... There's so many people who just fade D-gods 
because they just don't want to let them into their mental space without understanding what Frank and D-Gods are about. I think the same thing happens with Shill and Villain. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think I, I think you can say like the nobody is to go at Shill and Villain from his perspective. Like if you go at him, you're in his space and he's going to clap back at you. Yeah, and also this kind of like idea that you know, this emoji was the identifier for community at a time when, you know, a lot of people, including myself, are saying, oh, we're using this NFT as a, an identifier for community. Oh, and the NFT costs $30,000, right? Or whatever. Like, and so that kind of like flipped that whole thing on its head, right? It's like, it's a free emoji. So I think like there's this like meme about, that idea of like that there's a free emoji you don't really need an nft to create community and network online which i think is known but like i think it's just the fact that this is not an emoji in some other space this is an emoji in web3 i think that was a pretty interesting thing phenomenon here and then you know here's my thing going back to this take about that ultimately the space is not very big. There's truly not that many people trading NFTs on a regular basis yet. And so my thing is like, you know, with the, one of the reasons that I thought it was such a bullish idea to get, you know, behind Jack Butcher is not only because of the art that he, that he makes, but also the fact that I think like he's a great representative of Web3 and that like Web3 can use like a, a poster boy type of person as we grow and expand. That's really good with interfacing with whatever, you know, growth opportunities that there are. And the point I'm making is like f fractured communities are not communities that grow fast you know i mean parts of them can grow but if they're growing in different directions it's harder and i think that this like red question mark the emoji that is so polarizing is actually like an opportunity for us as a space in web3 to like acknowledge like dude if you judge somebody because of an emoji in their name like that's more of a reflection on you than it is of them and like we need to like rise above that stuff and that's like those preconceived notions that people carry around with them is actually one of the diseases of society that people have in terms of like making preconceived judgments about others yeah well i think you know when you have a principled system People should have principles. People should have guiding principles and values for what they believe in. They can be whatever you want them to be, but but you should have some guiding principles and values, and they can change upon new information. But when you have guiding principles and values and you superimpose the uh, speed and frequency of information that get thrown at you, there's numerous ways where you can find yourself down rabbit holes or you can find yourself taking in information that is 
against your principles or always for your principles. And either way, you know, people tend to try to like combat those. So like, say you have guiding principles in the space and like you don't like engagement farming and then Shill and Villain hits you with engagement farming. What you need to kind of do is you need to step back and say, hey, engagement farming's not for me. I'm going to back off this topic and not take bait with or ha or have issue with it. But what too many people do is they just say they go at the person, you know, and they 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 get bit by the thing that they don't like. If if engagement farming bothers you, then just back out. If long form uh podcasts bother you, back out. If Jack Butcher is too simplified and too minimalist or too heady for you, back out. Don't go at Jack. Don't go at Shill and Dylan. Don't go at Frank. Don't come at Factures. Fuck, don't come at me. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's just, I just don't understand, like, why people can't detect the things they don't like and back out fast enough. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I love the take, and I think that we're going to have to leave this episode off on that note. Thanks for joining us here at Never Fade, the NFT podcast. Appreciate you. Follow our Twitter at Never Fade NFT. Subscribe to our YouTube, comment. All of that helps us grow our reach. And we will continue to bring you insights from inside of Web3. Have a great rest of your week. Yo. That's a bad bet. If the bags check less, about to burn back to back. Flipping not cheap when that Jenny Doug hits. That's the race to one. 250 in the world and you chose to sleep. That's a bad bet. If you wake up checklist, no more people with our bags.